Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Matthew 22, Jesus said, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, which means what? All the law and the prophets is everything in the Old Testament. Not just the Ten Commandments, not just the 613 commandments that the the rabbis pointed out, but it's everything. And understand, it's predicated, though, on you loving God. Because that's the only way we can love others. And people say, well, I don't really love myself. Yes, you do. Okay, again, I don't want to burst your bubble today, but everyone loves themselves, even the ones that are struggling with depression. We may hate the things we do, which causes us to have this self-loathing, but even that is a form of self-love. I won't dive into this today, and I'm not going to diagnose people and try to give therapy sessions, but the Bible tells us we all love ourselves to a certain degree. You know, if you're here today, you probably fed yourself. That's a sign that you love yourself, Okay. But pastor, I I understand. (laughs) Okay, just so you know, I'm not saying what you think I'm saying. I'm just saying we all have a form of self-love. We don't need to learn to love ourselves. We may learn to act a little better and to overcome certain things, but we love ourselves. And so he says you have to love others like that. But it's all predicated on loving God. And you and I know that the only way we can love others as ourselves, and who's others? Our neighbors? It's everyone. The only way we can as Christians is to have the Spirit of God in us. Because I, I don't know about you, but man, sometimes I'm just unlovable. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't hear a big, loud amen. That's a, that does my heart good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I was nervous about that one. But it's true. You know, we all struggle. We all have issues. We all have problems. We're all hard to love sometimes. But through the power of Christ in us, we can love others. And I love this because this scribe is truly impressed with Jesus' answer. And I love this. Verse 32, so the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. Verse 33, and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Again, obedience is better than sacrifice. And so when you look at the powerful statement of the Shema, where it's declaring that the triune nature of God is one, is a compound unity, is a, is a complex compound unity, we also see that we're to love God. We are triune in nature. We created in the image of God. We are to love him with our heart, mind, our soul, with everything we have, our strength. The compound unity loves us, and we should love him as also a compound unity, to much less degree, by the way. (laughs) But this must have been just heartwarming for Jesus. After all the response he's gotten, after all the arguments, after all the people coming to him and, you know, challenging him and trying to make him trip up, he has one scribe who comes to him 
and says something beautiful and wonderful. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in, in ministry and in life, it gets a little hard. And you're walking through it with people and you're doing certain things. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes to you with something that's so encouraging. And it just helps you. It just lifts your spirits. You know, and I think this probably happened in a sense to Jesus. I think he's probably smiling when he answers in verse 34. Now, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. But notice this. All the questions were done, but Jesus is now going to teach. Verse 35. Then Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my, at my right hand till I make your enemies my, your footstool. I love that. Verse 37, therefore David himself calls him Lord. How is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. Jesus just elaborated on this term, Ben David, the son of David. He just declared, do you understand what he's saying in this? How is it that David called him Lord if he's his son? The common people knew what he was saying. He was declaring that he is the one. He is son of David. He is the Messiah. I am Ben David. I am the one that David called Lord. I am the one that the scriptures tell you about. I am the ancient of days, the one that the prophecies proclaimed. I'm him. But did you notice the high and mighty, the religious people didn't understand it, but the common people did. And I love this because we know we are common people. Christians, I love being part of the church because we're just common folk. Not many wise, not many noble. First Corinthians chapter uh, one, verse 26 and 27 says, for you see your calling brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that God uses, you know, a little kid who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, who grew up poor and hungry. I love that. I love that he's the God of the outcast. I love that he's the God of the whosoever. You've heard me say that before. I just love it. I love the fact that God chooses the foolish things of the world, all of us who struggle with everything. Yet he looks down in his mercy and his grace and his great love and his ahava. He looks down at you and me and he picks us up and he dusts us off and he says, come on, son, let's go, daughter. You're mine, you're royalty. The world may not think much of you, but I do. I think so much of you that I, I love you this much. I stretched out on a cross. I was revealed. I was nailed to that tree for you. And then he gives the contrast of the high and mighty in verse 38. Then he said to them in his teaching, beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the, and the best places at feasts, who devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive a greater condemnation. Again, they look great outwardly, but they're ravenous. They devour the lowly. These who think they're so much better than everyone else that look down the end of their nose at all these people, they devour them. You know, in that day, they couldn't receive payment for teaching the word of God, but they came up with a doctrine that they could receive many gifts from people. And so they would flatter and manipulate and control these people, especially widows, especially the poor and the needy. And they would tell them, you'll be blessed if you give to me a rabbi. You know, and they would say all of this stuff and they would take all of this money and these gifts from these people and they would go live lavishly. 
And I'm so glad we don't see this in the church today. I'm glad you know I'm joking. But it's sad in a sense because it's the same thing we see. Flattering, manipulating, twisting, telling the poor folk, the poor people, the widows, the ones who can't afford it, if you'll just give your seed faith offering, oh, the Lord will bless you because I'm a special kind of Christian. I glow in the dark. I have a fleet of jets and a billion-dollar industry, and you just have to listen to me. But the sad and crazy and horrible thing is, it says this, these will receive greater condemnation. Think about that in these days. How much more with the advancement of media and technology where these men's and women's, by the way, uh, teachings go out across the world to millions, perhaps billions of people. And again, the contrast Look at this in the last four verses of this chapter. Verse 41. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had, her whole livelihood. Two things here. Now, how did everyone know that the rich people gave a lot of money? (laughs) You should read the historic accounts. They would make a clamor of it. They would go to the temple treasury and they would make a huge noise and show everybody all the money they were dropping in. They would make it rain. Sorry, I don't want to use that term in church, but they would just tell everybody how wealthy they are and how much they were giving and everybody would be in awe. Oh, look at how wealthy. That's how people knew. But here's the thing. How did Jesus know that the widow gave everything she had? Because he's the God man. See, it's not about what we give. It's our heart. You know, a lot of churches beat people over the head about finances and giving it. Look, give because the Lord will bless you. But we're not going to beg for money in this church because the Lord wants our hearts. The Lord wants us to give out of our hearts, not out of compulsion. Where God guides, God provides whatever. There's a principle there that you study out and I want you to be blessed. But it's all about the heart. And it's not just money. It's your time, it's your effort, it's all these things. How much do you pray? How much do you give the Lord in prayer, in effort, in ministry, in whatever it might be? I just want to end with this. You know, have you ever seen the the funny example, you know, when somebody doesn't want to have a phone conversation and they're on the cell phone? I'm going through a tunnel, you know, uh, sorry, but how are you hearing the Lord? Is there something in your life that you refuse to hear? You know, many of us, we hear the Lord in a lot of areas, but we usually hold on to one or two things that we're like, yeah, I'll hear him eventually. Eventually, I'll listen. And I just want to challenge each one of us today to ask yourself the question, how's your hearing? Huh? (laughs) How's your hearing? Are you hearing the Lord? And if so, is it true hearing? Are you acting accordingly? I think that's a good question to end on, and I think it's a great thing to pose as we get ready for communion. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you did declare yourself as Messiah and King. And God, we are so thankful that we are part of that mercy. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.